last year when we were home, we were probably telling you a bit about what happened uh, after the earthquakes in Nepal in 2015, and also the blockade by India, where we had fuel shortages and so on. So that was a very disrupted year. This year has been a much calmer year, and we just want to tell you a little bit more about our ongoing work in Nepal. First of all, like, where is Nepal? Some of you might be thinking of that. So we have a couple of slides just to introduce that to you. All right, there's Nepal there, bounded on three sides by India and by the other side by China, the disputed territory of Tibet. Okay. Okay, Johnny. Just click on. Yep, keep going. Yeah, so it's... uh, there's really kind of three strips there. You know, if you're in a cross-section, you've got the Himalayas, of course, which everybody knows. And I think we've got eight of the highest ten peaks in the world uh, in the country of, of Nepal. Then you've got this middle region, you know, the hill region there. And that's where we live in there, in the Kathmandu Valley. We live at about 1,300 metres. Uh, and we're in the hill region. And then if you look there, there's the Terai region, which is a very flat area down by India. Uh, so you've got a tremendous height range in these three strips as you go across, the, across Nepal. Okay? Uh, these are the areas that the organization we work with, United Mission to Nepal, UMN, works in. We're based in Kathmandu, uh, in the, you know, kind of a third of the way in from the east there. Uh, but the work doesn't really happen there. The work, in, work happens out in rural, remote areas and in seven really different uh, what we call clusters. They're working with the poorest people in what is a, a poor country, very often working with women, with widows, and with low-caste uh, low peoples. So that's, uh, that's the areas where UMN would, would do its work. Okay? So we're just going to give a few highlights of our, of our work. Laura's going to do most of the speaking. But before I do that, I just wanted to say thank you to the congregation for the way you have cared for us while we've been away uh, over the last, the last year. Uh, we've really felt that. We've felt it coming home. We've been eating like kings and queens, you know, like people have given us a hamper from the church, the best of meat and fruit, and our our house group people have given us hampers, you know, with really nice biscuits. That's one of the great things. You know, people don't give you, you know, a big value pack of custard creams. People give you premium cookies. So if you have coffee with us, you'll be getting a premium cookie, I can tell you that. So that's, that's been really nice. And uh, also some people have given us special gifts, and that's really, really good. The other thing which has been really, uh, it's hard to explain how important it is, is that sometimes we get a little text from somebody on a Friday evening in Kathmandu and says, we were praying for you on the Friday morning prayer meeting. Okay, big deal. It is a big deal. I can't really explain that to you. You I'm surprised myself what a big deal it is when you're away. Just to know that you've been remembered, that people are praying for you there. And maybe it's been a tough week or something like that, and you're feeling a wee bit, oh, you know, Friday night. And uh, just to get that text is so encouraging. So really, thank you for that. It really makes us feel connected. And just the way that, you know, you have cared for us has been tremendous. So thank you for that. So I'm going to pass you over to Laura now, who's going to tell you something about some of the work that she's been doing this year. 
Well, good morning, everybody. It's lovely to be back again among the church family. And as Stephen said, we're very appreciative of all of the support that you've given us over the last year. So I'm just going to tell you one or two um, highlights of the work that I've been involved in at UMN. Um, this is me with my team here, the peace building team. And the lady in the, with the pink in the centre is my team leader, Val Kamari. And there's me, and the, the lady that I'm standing beside is my good friend, Liv Wendell. She's from Norway, and she is coming, she's been, she came at the same time as us, actually, and her role is to work um, on a woman's project in the west of Nepal. Um, so that's us with our team. Um, I just wanted to mention one or two things that I've been involved with. So I'm the visa holder um, in Nepal, so it means I am the full-time worker. So while Stephen's out cycling and meeting people for coffee, etc., I'm kind of... I'm nine, I'm nine to five, basically, in the office, um, so I'm the one that has to sign in and sign out, and I don't have just as much flexibility, although I, I now do a bit more work outside UMN as well. Most of my work has been focusing on interfaith uh, project, projects and also mediation work. So I'm just going to tell you about two projects that I've been involved with. Um, And maybe just to say that most of the other religions in Nepal, Christians are in a minority, which is quite interesting for us, you know, to be in a minority. So you don't really want to advertise too strongly what you're doing. Christians are only 1% to 2%, and then there's a small Muslim community. And um, obviously the Hindu religion is the biggest religion in Nepal, and there's also a strong Buddhist community. Um, this sorry, last year has been quite a difficult year for Christians because there has been more of a clampdown by the government. Um, even though it is a secular government, there's been more of a stronger line taken against minority religions. And some Christians were arrested and put in prison last year for giving out uh, tracts at a, some kind of a rally. So, you know, it's been quite difficult and Christians feel that this is increasing. So something maybe to bear in mind whenever you're coming to to pray again for Nepal. So some of my work has been working to try and get the different religions together, which, as you know, is is really my passion uh, as a peace builder. And just back there in November, we had this interfaith learning workshop in Kathmandu. There were seven religions represented there, and you can see them all sitting there. The Karat religion, I don't know if you've ever heard of that. It's a new one for me, and I think it's unique to Nepal, and they worship nature. So I've met a few of them now. And this workshop was organized by um, an interfaith network down in Sansari, down in the Terai. Stephen was showing you there, and I have had some contact with this group. I also secured funding uh, for them from PCI um, the year before last. So we, we got this money, and that's been used to fill up some of the gaps in the funding. So they decided they wanted to organize this national workshop because they wanted to meet other groups in Kathmandu. So they, um, they got a lot of people together and a lot of religious leaders. So I can tell you there was a lot of talking been done. If we could have the next slide, Johnny. And there's somebody else who was doing quite a bit of talking that day, is our own um, moderator, was over visiting, and he came and spoke at the conference as well. 
And there was so much talking done because all the religious leaders had to give their greeting that we ran over by two hours. So we were getting our lunch about 2.30. Um, but they felt it was very successful and they're hoping now to build on that and develop. The problem is there's so many of these interfaith networks in Kathmandu and they're not really coordinated. So this group is hoping to build some links to see how they can move on a bit more. So then the other program I've been involved with is called Building Peace Through Mediation. And this is funded um, for four years. Um, and we really started just last year in 2016. These are the two outcomes that we're hoping and the partner that we're working with because all our work is done through partners. So it's a national partner called Micah Nepal and they are a group of kind of Christian leaders, if you like, and they're very keen to have more influence in society. So we came up with this idea that we would train up a group of mediators who then could be used in the different religions to really work together and also be used to intervene in conflicts. So this was me there in the middle, as you can see, just in November there. Bright sunny days, very warm during the day, but quite cold at night, I can tell you. And we got 18 in the end, 18 came together. Um, so we had a Muslim community, we had Buddhist, we had Hindu and we had Christian. Four different religions were there. And we had six days together, uh, three days in September. And then this was a, a residential that I did in November. And I really went through the basic mediation skills with them. So it was pretty interactive and very skills-based. They all got certificates at the end, which they were delighted with, I can tell you. And while I've been home, they've been visiting mediation centres, and they've also gone to visit the Mediation Council, which is the body in Nepal that will register them as mediators. Could we just go back one, Johnny? I'm not... That's it. So... Um, the plan now um, going forward this year is that we will develop this training with the four different groups. So I'll probably be going off to the, the Buddhist monastery to do training there and with the Muslim group and the Hindu group as well as the Christian group. And we're hoping that these four groups then will take this training and use it in their own communities but then maybe together as well. So it's not quite developed but this is an ongoing project. So I'm just going to hand back to Stephen to tell you a little bit about his work. Okay, Johnny? Yeah, I'll not keep you long. Just to say, this is a bunch of people, well, apart from Laura, who snuck into that picture, unfortunately. But uh, the other people are councillors in uh, Tansan town. And they're all kind of church councillors uh, working in their own congregations, but they've come together, and I'm working with them to help develop a referral centre for more complex cases where they can support each other there. And also in Tansan Hospital, hopefully next year, there'll be a, a psychiatrist who'll finish her training, and that she will be able to then offer some consultation to this team. So the idea that there's some sort of continuum of care from listening in churches to kind of more active counselling interventions in this referral centre with the option of psychiatric consultation so mental health services are very underdeveloped uh, in, in Nepal. Uh, and so this is an opportunity to try and increase that and provide some kind of a reasonable continuum within the Tansen area. So that's all I think we'll say. But again, thank you for your interest. Thank you for your prayers. We're around until probably late February, although again, Sundays, we're probably mostly in other churches. But uh, there's a chance, hopefully, to be involved a little bit again with the community here and uh, get talking to a number of you. 
Well, good morning. Sorry, good afternoon. Not to frighten anyone, but yes, we're past 12 o'clock. I have 10 minutes, so I'm going to be clock-watching to be faithful uh, with that. Uh, The first photo you're going to see is us, the McCullough family. Uh, Pamela was supposed to be here along with Beth, but we woke up this morning to a sick child. That's all the gory details I'm going to give you, um, but you can imagine from that point. So Pam and Beth have stayed at home. But if you've never met them before, that's what they look like. Uh, with less clothes on uh, since we've come home we've bulked up a bit uh, not with food although that has been great but more with layers for this mild winter that everybody keeps talking about Um, I love telling you that we left Malawi 36 degrees in the shade so uh, 43 our car was reading one day uh, in the sun Where Stephen and Laura have uh, told you that last year for them was a difficult year and this year has been a little bit better, it seems we've had a role reversal. Our year last year uh, was pretty good, this year not so much. Uh, Whenever we say we're glad to be home, we truly mean it. I was never given to be a person of prophetic voice, but I should have seen the signs. Whenever your under two-year-old daughter uh, diverts a Boeing 737 at Cape Town International Airport to the exclusion zone uh, because of feared Ebola in your under two-year-old, you know that your two-year-old is going to be trouble. Uh, She didn't have Ebola. She had a small gastroenteritis thing, uh, but we had a very cautious flight attendant who thought it would be better to be safe than sorry. Then, after learning we were expecting baby number two, Pam, a week and a half later, was medevaced in the depths of the night back to South Africa where she spent two and a half weeks getting much-needed drugs and medication to stabilize her condition. And then, as you will have heard, we had a bit of an incident uh, in the middle of November being caught up in a riot and uh, our car being damaged, windows smashed while we were in it. Uh, People have asked, and I do want to clarify, does this happen often? It doesn't. We have a riot once a year and it's normally over pork in a Muslim town and that's a it. That's all we get. So this was completely unexpected and uh, it was unknown in that particular area. So we are thankful to be home and we're thankful to you for having us home because you've done so much uh, for us coming home. As Stephen and Laura have already mentioned uh, what they've received, we have received the same. Um, uh, We also received a cleaning team. I should have brought pictures. Uh, Some people would have been very happy to see themselves. Uh, If you ever need someone to point out nails in your bedroom floors, Maxine Topping is the lady to get. Uh, She was round making sure no nails were sticking out and if they were, pointing them out to us. Maxine, you're thankful that picture didn't come up today. Yeah, uh, maybe another time. But you have done so much for us in coming home. But also in the past year, Stephen has said you just, you can't articulate it. You're away from home. Yes, you have a network of friends there, but they're not lifelong friends or long-term friends or family. And so whenever you have people that you've known and, in fact, people you don't know write to you to say that they're from Kirkpatrick Memorial and they're praying for you, whether it comes in a letter, a three-word text, or in an email, or in a care package, we can't stress enough how thankful we are to receive that. Uh, It really does make our days. It really does uh, give us hope when sometimes we think we're we're simply in Malawi just going through uh, the run of the mill. So we do thank you for that and the warm welcome back. 
Pamela and I are sent out by PCI to work with Scripture Union in Malawi. Most of you will have heard of Scripture Union um, around Northern Ireland. Uh, If you've ever been involved in Scripture Union at any level, from reading Bible notes or purchasing books to being on camps and missions or being involved in schoolwork and other things that Scripture Union does in Northern Ireland, you're part of a 130-strong movement of worldwide uh, countries coming together under the banner of Scripture Union to see God's good news made known to boys and girls, young people and families. And what Scripture Union does here in Northern Ireland, we do similar things. And the first thing uh, that you'll notice that we do in the next picture is biblical engagement. We produce Bible reading materials every year, a daily guide and a daily par. Daily guide for adults in English, daily uh, par for young people in English as well. As I was leaving, these were being translated into Chichewa, uh, the local language, so that more people can access these. Every year there's a huge drive to get these into people's hands and even this morning we have teams of people around churches doing what we call Bible reading promotions, promoting the reading of God's word and making available uh, these resources so that people can get into God's word and learn what it means and how to live it. One of the things I learned about Malawi many years ago that whenever we think of the Christian church in Malawi, Malawi is a mile wide but an inch deep. In other words, everywhere you go, everyone's a Christian. 70% of the population are Christians. But when you talk to them, you notice that the faith is an inch deep. There's a real lack of deep faith in Malawi because so much of culture is mixed in. People ask, why was the riot? The riot was because a man had risen from the dead in Christian Malawi and people were believing it. And people were rioting because the police had arrested this risen man. Nothing existed. Yes, they wanted to get someone out of prison, so a story was fabricated to make it more spiritual and perhaps believable. And so this is why it's important that people are reading God's word day and daily so that they can know his best for them in their daily lives. One of the things we will be familiar with in SU is our work with children. And the next picture will show you kids at a camp. Now, whenever I was leading a camp here in Northern Ireland, we'd be happy with 43 to 50 kids. Whenever my staff tell me they have 350 children attending their camp, that kind of frightens me. But they do it and they manage it year in, year out to run camp activities. We wouldn't recognize them necessarily as fun activities, three meetings a day that last about two hours each, six hours of your day at camp taken up with meetings. Not my idea of perhaps how we would have run camps here. But kids go. Kids love to go. To get away from the normality of life and to enjoy time together, but also to learn what it means to live in God's word. And so a lot of my work isn't working directly with children, but it is preparing leaders to work with children. And one of the exciting things this year and the next picture shows is a partnership uh, with an organization called Faith Comes by Hearing. And they are an American organization who produce proclaimers. Now, they're not the uh, Scottish 5,000 or 500-mile walkers, uh, but they are little audio devices for oral, oral cultures to hear God's word in their own language so that they can learn what it means to know Jesus. 
and we distributed a pilot program of 70 proclaimers into schools around Lilong with the capital where we live so that boys and girls would be able to hear God's word in their Bible clubs week by week. People don't have Bibles. That's the reality. And so we always have to think of ways of getting God's word into people's lives. There's not many photocopiers, so we can't photocopy. Uh, It's expensive for a Bible, and for us right now, this is the best way that we can do it. But the exciting thing about this is it's not just the Bible. We can add to it whatever we want. Uh, Malawians received them and were excited because they thought it was a radio. Uh, Love listening to the radio, but it's not a radio. We have it specially uh, programmed for the content that we want. So in the future, we want to add songs so that we can get a singing culture into our Bible clubs. We want to add more dramatized Bible stories so that they can go into schools and boys and girls can, can get to know God's word more and more. The people who work in our Bible clubs week in, week out are in the next picture. It's a teacher Christian fellowship group. They meet once a month to pray together and study together, but every week they're running Bible clubs. You will notice that in the picture uh, that it's mostly women. There are very few male teachers in Malawi, and that is a challenge. Uh, There's one there, one uh, man who turned up uh, for the meeting, a brave man he was. But he came, and the teachers came, and it's a good encouragement for us to know that they're still active, but an opportunity for us as staff to encourage them in their role. These teachers will receive their audio Bibles next year, because they're from Blantar, and we're doing it in stages. But until that time, we wanted to encourage them and train them in ways that they can possibly use whatever limited resources they have to teach God's word to the boys and girls under their care. But these are the groups that Pam is working with. She is writing Bible study materials that have just gone into schools within the past month so that teachers can start using them in their Christian fellowship groups so that they can truly meet and study and grow and become deeper in their faith and in their love of Jesus Christ. Training is a huge part of my job, and the next picture shows our staff in training. This was just before we came home. We had a staff training um, in November, and then we had one also in April this year. Our staff work hard on very limited resources, and so it's always good to get them together and to teach them new ways of doing things. We also train our council. If you know anything about Scripture Union, the governing body is council. And so the next photo shows our council at a strategic planning meeting. Um, You'll see in the middle of the picture there's another white face, an older face, not my face. And uh, this is the guy who was facilitating um, for us. And it's amazing who God brings across your path. This is Miles McBean. His wife was, or is, the daughter of the former uh, Baptist college that used to be on Sandown Road. So she knew all about Ballyhackamore, and they did a Google search about missionaries in Malawi and found us from Ballyhackamore. And so we met. But her husband is the former vice president of the Walt Disney Company. And he packed in his job, and he moved to Malawi and is working with the Zambezi Mission. And he came along and did some strategic thinking for us and strategic planning. And it was timely, because he and his wife met in an SU camp, So he's of the Eshu family, but yet outside of Eshu Malawi, so he was free to speak. And we were just blessed by having Miles there and uh, having that time together. Uh, The next um, photo, uh, well, I should say before moving on to that photo, that we continue to develop resources both for council and for teachers in in their work. 
But this picture, my work just does take me outside of Eshu Malawi, although still with its permission. We held a, a Christian festival, the first of its kind, an evangelical Christian festival in Malawi. They're mainly Pentecostal, uh, verging on uh, prophets and apostles and healings and visions and prosperity. And that's fine um, for certain uh, folks in Malawi who want that, but there's nothing this big. A hundred thousand people attended uh, this Billy Graham-esque um, uh, concert and weekend festival that we had, and I was in charge of the children's ministry. I thought uh, 350 kids were bad at a camp. Try 10,000 kids over two days uh, with tornadoes ripping through the campground, uh, lifting jumping castles all over the show. So uh, the Lord does test us in these things. Uh, but People came to know the Lord, and this was exciting, that people were hearing the gospel. People, again, that mile wide, were growing deeper in love with Jesus. And I also have a a developing role within uh, Scripture Union International. Uh, Scripture Union is changing right across the world. You'll not notice it here in Northern Ireland and and what happens day to day. We won't notice it in Malawi, but its structures are changing around the world. And I'm taking on a a bigger role within Southern Africa, uh, helping our uh, organizations in Zambia, Zimbabwe, Mozambique, Angola, South Africa, Swaziland, Lesotho, as well as Malawi, to see how we can develop together more ministry opportunities um, for God's work in seeing young people Uh, Children and families come to know God uh, daily by reading his word and in prayer. There's a lot there in just what is now over 10 minutes. I was never given to keeping to that time. Apologies. Um, But you have made it possible for a lot of this to happen. You have ran 5,000 kilometers. Well done. Uh, You'd be having a cup of tea right now in Malawi um, if you were doing that. But that money has gone to help us to uh, train and to facilitate training of teachers and camp leaders and people who are engaging in God's work every day, every week, in their churches, in their schools, and in their community. If you found your 5,000 miles easy, good, keep doing it. If you didn't, well, thank you even more because your effort has done a great work in Malawi. The last thing to finish by saying is thank you for sending people. Uh, There was a picture in there of Mark and Shirley and Caroline. They told you they had a difficult time. They were sitting drinking coffee on the shore of Lake Malawi. Well, in one of the pictures there, uh, they were. But to have them come out to sit with us, to eat with us, and to listen to us, but also to challenge us, to rebuke us, to help us have a clearer picture of God's purpose and his mission in the world. We thank you for allowing them to come and for encouraging them to come and for supporting them to come. We do this work together. It's not us overseas, but together we're doing it to see God made known throughout all the nations. Thank you. Thank you for your patience. Thank you for your time. But thank you for your support in all that God is doing in Malawi. Thank you, Christoph, for your kind and generous words and your good wishes, and especially for this gift. Uh, As we use it in our lives, we will remember our friends here and the happy memories that we have of a time spent here in Kirkpatrick. The opening song 
or a hymn, whatever you wish to call it. I prefer to call them hymns. I know Christoph likes to call them songs. <laughs> the tune of Old Lang Syne brought back or conjured up for me uh, a group of friends gathered together, arm in arm, dancing the new year in. Now, Presbyterians in church anyway do not dance and they certainly do not link arms, but we are all here as friends and this is what church means to us. The last verse of the song said, shoulder shoulder to shoulder into the unknown. Uh, We go, well, I think for even I, it's not quite shoulder to shoulder, maybe hand to hand or arm in arm. We're not quite going into the unknown, but we are rather going forward with your prayers and with God's guidance into our new life in York. Eva will miss the PW and the mothers and toddlers. I will miss the grounds for coffee. Well, at least I will miss the coffee. I won't miss the painting of the church railings, though Brian Nixon will tell you that I did miss it because I went on holidays when they started it. (laughs) We will both miss the Friendship Club and the Wednesday Prayer Group. But most of all, we will miss our morning worship here with our friends, which has been so much a part of our lives. I was working out that it's been over 70 years, well, it was 70 years ago that I came to Kirkpatrick for the first time. Now, I have to tell you, I didn't really enjoy coming here on a Sunday in those days. We lived down the Upper Newtonards Road in Evelyn Avenue, which some of you may know is just below Bearsbridge Road. And I couldn't understand why a four-year-old We'd have to walk all the way up to Kirkpatrick in the morning and walk all the way home for his lunch and then walk all the way up in the afternoon to go to Sunday school when there was a Presbyterian church a hundred yards from our front door. As I grew older, those journeys increased as I joined into the various activities here at Kirkpatrick. As a boy growing up, my big interest was the Boys' Brigade an organization very dear to my heart and to which I owe so much. I could spend considerable time telling you about my time in the Boys' Brigade, but I will save that for another time. I will, however, mention one of the many achievements that I had as a teenager in the BB here. I was, for a season, captain of the football team. And I still hold the record of being the only player to captain the 67th BB football team for a whole season without winning a match. (laughs) It was through the Boys' Brigade that I came to faith, and I am eternally grateful to the late Jim McCulloch, my captain, and the other officers for the teaching and Christian example they provided during my formative years. even knows exactly when she came to Kirkpatrick. It was 51 years and three months ago. She came as a young bride. When I asked 
Eva what her first impressions of Kirkpatrick were. She told me that it was a very friendly place. People speak to you, and some even want to shake your hand and welcome you. Well, way back then, Kirkpatrick had a reputation of being a friendly church. We both have seen many changes over the years, and as it has been a privilege to witness Kirkpatrick come alive in recent years, God has breathed new life into Kirkpatrick. This has been our spiritual home for many years. And the memory of our church friends we will take with us. Please pray for us in the weeks ahead that our plans will be realized and that we shall find a new spiritual home, just like Kirkpatrick. As we leave, it is our prayerful wish that God will continue to bless the work here, that Christoph, Richie, the Kirk Session, and all the leadership will continue to serve God with the enthusiasm and dedication that we have witnessed. May God bless you all. I think I am going to say less than Jim. It must be a first. Thank you, Christoph, for the kind words you have said about Jim and I. It seems surreal to think that we are leaving our church family here in Kirkpatrick and be moving to be nearer our family in York and Newcastle upon Tyne. Jim and I will bring with us memories of the many years spent with all of you, sharing in your joys and at times in your sorrows. The love, kindness, friendship and fellowship we have experienced in this place we will always cherish. And remember, I would like to leave with you a favourite verse of mine from the Bible, Philippians 4, verse 13. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. As you think of these words, I trust that you will find them as helpful and uplifting as I have over many years. Folks, we're going to do what Jim and Eva have just asked us to do, and that is to pray for them. We're going to pray also very briefly this morning for Stephen and Laura and their work, David and Pam and theirs, and also for the Weed Church down in Clarewood, which has started to meet in a regular way for the first time this Sunday. Um, so let's, let's pray just now. Father God, we recognized uh, throughout this service that Jesus is king and he's king over all the earth and that means that it doesn't matter how close or far a person or a place is, 
we can come and speak to you about it. Lord, we want to speak to you about Jim and Eva. We want to thank you for them. We want to pray that you will go with them into all that is unknown about their time in York. But our prayer for them is that they would grow even more in their love for you, in their their willingness to love others and serve you. Uh, Lord, I pray you'd use them in, in new and exciting ways in York. Lord, I pray for the guys meeting in Clarewood. They'll have finished long before us, I'm sure. Uh, Lord, I pray that things will have gone well for them and that you'll be with them as they prepare for the, the term ahead. Lord, build a community there that will serve your purposes, and that is to show to the people of that estate a little of your glory. Um, Lord, we pray for Stephen and Laura. Thank you for bringing them safely home. We pray the things that they have asked us to think about and pray for. We pray for freedom for Christians, that they'd continue to find that they are allowed to be your people. And Lord, we pray for peace among different faiths. Uh, Lord, we pray for peaceful relationships and that they might be conducive to people of all faiths and none seeing more and hearing more of Jesus. Lord, we pray with David and Pam. We pray for them that they will indeed have a good rest at home. They're glad to be home. I pray that it'll, it'll be a good time for them. We pray for the people of Malawi, uh, the many people there who know you by name, but maybe haven't had a chance to get to know you very well yet. Lord, we pray for deep deepening of faith, of true and healthy biblical faith for many thousands of people in Malawi. And Lord, finally, we pray for David in this time where his role in uh, Scripture Union is changing. Lord, we pray that you'd use him Uh, Open the right doors for him. Lead him into the the places where you want him to be. Uh, Let him continue to grow in you. But Lord, we pray you'd use him in fresh ways in his work too. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Folks, we don't really do requests for songs in Kirkpatrick Memorial unless you're about 87 years old and your name is Stanley Mills. And you tell me just before Christmas that you'd like to sing Name of All Majesty sometime soon. Our closing hymn this morning is Name of All Majesty, a final opportunity to worship the the King. Uh, You'll stand with me as we sing.
thank you to those stewards who made up for my oversight and gathered an offering. And the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen.